Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff on Censor. Thank you guys so much for joining the podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Also, today's podcast, it is presented to you by Superbook Sports Colorado, Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton, and of course, Blake Street Tavern. A lot to get to today. I got some great headlines. Plus, the Denver Broncos, they're continuing to just crap their pants on, on TV, and it's great. It's great. So we're going to get to that here in a second. Uh, Thanksgiving. We had some drama here in the DeHuff household for Thanksgiving. My daughter got really sick. We thought she was going to make it for Thanksgiving, but she just continued to just get worse. And the night before Thanksgiving, we had to call it. We're like, shit, we're not going to be able to travel down to Colorado Springs and be with our family. So we had to call it. We're like, we're not going to be able to do it. And then I rushed to the grocery store to see what I could get. Because we weren't prepared for this at all. So I grabbed some, it was like gluten-free uh, stuffing because all the stuffing was sold out. And I'm like, shit. So stuffing, don't get gluten-free anything unless you need to because the gluten-free stuffing, not that great. It's not that great. There's only so much my wife could do to save it. And um, don't recommend it. Anyway, so I got a, as much as I could at the grocery store. My wife's aunt swooped in and, and saved the day. She's like, I have an extra frozen turkey. Who the fuck has an extra frozen turkey? My wife's aunt does. So so thankfully she did that. I ran and got that from her and defrosted it in the sink overnight. Some people say, that's bad. You shouldn't do that. Well, guess what? Nobody got food poisoning, so we're fine. Uh, the neighbor gave us some veggies. It was a very, very cool moment. It was it. It was a group effort. It, it took a village to feed uh, my little my little tribe, the DeHuff household. And so I, I just got to say thanks to my neighbors, Beth and Jeff, as well as uh, Gam. Gam, you saved the day with the turkey. So, And then my wife knocked it out of the park. She cooked everything. Considering we literally, it was, I want to say like at 6 or 7 o'clock on Wednesday night, where we're like, shit, she's too sick to travel, we're going to have to stay home to the next day. Like, we ate at 2 o'clock. Long and short, my wife kicked ass when it came to Thanksgiving, and we didn't even have a full 24 hours to prepare for it, and and, and she did amazing. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, hopefully you didn't have any drama at your house. I know some people do when it comes to Thanksgiving and, and Christmas because of you know, family members that you don't see very often coming in. And there's always some sort of family drama. We were lucky, to be honest, considering how chaotic it was for a few hours as we organized everything, my wife and I, uh, it, it ended up being a great day. My daughter just lounged around in, in pajamas all day. And my wife was like, you got to put on nicer clothes. <laughs> God. So I was wearing sweatpants along with like a dress shirt. That's what I wore. So in the pictures, I look nice. But what you can't see under the table is uh, me wearing sweatpants. Hey, whatever. What are you going to do? Also, I came up upon this uh, tidbit of information for you. If, if you are a parent, please listen up. If you're a younger person wanting to have kids, your ears better perk up. Here's what I figured out. And I've kind of known this for a while. But it really came to light last night. You as a parent, if your kid doesn't eat a treat, let's just say a giant chocolate chip cookie that's nice and soft, 
they get one of those cookies and they don't eat it within a day. It's sitting in the, the your cupboard for whatever reason they haven't ate it. Maybe they're sick. <laughs> anyway, what I'm saying is it's fine to eat it. And I'm also saying I understand why my wife did it. <laughs> she stole my daughter's chocolate chip cookie, but it looks so delicious. Giant chocolate chips and soft. But here's the thing. My daughter's sick. She can't eat it. Like she just was like, Ugh, feels like garbage. Still, still feels like shit. It's either that or it gets thrown away. My wife is a hero. <laughs> she saved the cookie. It did not die in vain. It was enjoyed. Okay. That being said, if my daughter is ever listening to this in the future, daddy didn't do it. <laughs> it was mommy. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know what we need to do? Let's get into some headlines. Let's go! Let's go! And now, here are the headlines. <laughs> of course, this happens in Florida. A woman is suing the Kraft Heinz Food Company for $5 million, claiming they misled the public about the time it takes to prepare Velveeta microwavable mac and cheese cups. Well, thank God somebody's standing up to the corporate giants. The fuck? Amanda Ramirez is listed as the main plaintiff for the class action suit, which alleges Kraft Heinz violated federal law by saying Velveeta shells and cheese cups takes three and a half minutes to prepare. Ready in three and a half minutes is printed on the box, which is the amount of time the product takes to cook in the microwave. However, the suit says it takes more time to complete the other required steps. What are those other required steps? Well, I'm glad you asked. Glad you asked. This is $5 million at stake. Ready? First, the consumer must remove the lid and cheese sauce pouch, okay? Next, they must add water to the fill line in the cup, and then they have to stir it. Third, microwave on covered on high for three and a half minutes. Do not drain that. Don't drain that, okay? Finally, they should stir in contents of cheese sauce pouch, okay? Defendant then notes that cheese sauce will then thicken Upon standing, oh my God, the horror in this whole thing. The poor woman. This is what they wrote. Consumers seen ready in three and a half minutes will believe it represents the total amount of time it takes to prepare the product. The suit states, meaning from the moment it is on open to the moment it is ready for consumption. Oh my God, shut the fuck up, people that are so happy. If this moves forward at all, I'm going to be furious. And here's the thing. How fucking stupid are you that you sit there and you bitch and complain, be like, it, it says three and a half minutes, but it actually took me five. What the fuck? Oh, my God. So this is what I did. My on scientific study. This will take an additional 35 seconds depending on how fast you actually move. I went through each step, filled it up, stirred it, and I even took extra time to stir, right? And then now that being said, the, the sauce will thicken upon standing. I guess you could add another minute on that. So, in, uh, so you're trying to sue 
because something that you thought would only take three and a half minutes took five. You lazy fuck. You dumb piece of shit. Now that made me think. <laughs> if this was your friend or family member, what would you say to them if you heard them heard that they were suing Kraft because of this? I mean, seriously. If it's like your sister or your your just your good friend or or your mom or something like that, would you keep it simple and just say that they're sit they're spouting off and be like, I'm taking Kraft Heinz to court because it took me five minutes when it's clearly states three and a half. Would you just simply say to them, God, I fucking hate you? Or would you just ask a question and be like, I'm sorry, did you get beaten with the stupid stick? <laughs> like, come on. Why would you sue for that? It's ridiculous. It's wasting people's time, money, and energy. Just stop. Now, that being said, it is kind of dumb if it apparently says it takes three and a half minutes, it'll be ready in three and a half minutes. It does give the impression that it would be ready to eat in three and a half minutes, but that's actually the cooking time. Don't say it's it's ready in three and a half minutes when whatever, it, it the cooking time is three and a half minutes. But that being said, I would never even think to cons- to complain about that. If I bought the product and it says ready in three and a half minutes, then I start making it and be like, well, I actually took five minutes. Do you think I'd be like, oh my God, I got to sue somebody. This, this is why people hate people from Florida. Because you motherfuckers are wasting court time and just... <laughs> could you imagine being the lo- the lawyer for this and be like, are you serious? Really? Do you want to go to court? That's Okay, but you got to pay me up front, okay? Okay? Yes, okay, I'll take the case. <laughs> Speaking of lawyers, an Ohio lawyer has been accused in an ethics complaint for... De- this is, I'm reading from an article. An ethics complaint for depositing his feces into a a potato chip can, otherwise known as a Pringles can, and then tossing it into a parking lot of a victim's advocacy center. The lawyer, Jack Allen Blakesley, allegedly threw the the uncovered poop-filled Pringles can into the parking lot at the Haven of Hope Victim's Advocacy Center in Cambridge, Ohio. He did this last year. The complaint was filed this last week. Who decides that that's a good idea to throw a can of of uh, poop <laughs> at somebody? Like, I have an idea. Let's just throw... My daughter, Aria, you're supposed to be upstairs. You're sick. Go away. I'm talking about poop in a can. Okay? I love you. Goodbye. Now, that being said, back to the most important thing. Who decides that that's a good idea for anything? I don't care what you're doing in life. If if the answer is getting a Pringles can, emptying it out, and then and defecating inside that Pringles can, if that's your decision in life, you're making bad decisions. There is nothing in life that says, yeah, that's the right choice in this moment. <laughs> Pooping in a can is, and then throwing it at somebody, that's the right, right life choice. No, that's, that's not a right life decision. What the fuck? Now, would you want this guy defending you in court? I'll give you the answer. The answer is yes. 
you would. Why? Because he'll do whatever it takes to get his point across, even throwing cans of poop. You're welcome. <laughs> that's what that's the conversation my daughter walks into. That's a bad thing. Like when you have a kid uh, uh, staying home sick from school and, and you work from home and you're doing uh, weird shows like this, <laughs> they can walk in on anything. Anyway, we're going to break down uh, the imploding Denver Broncos here in a second. But first, root for safeties this season with your friends at Superbook Sports. If you bet with Superbook this football season, they're going to give you a $50 bonus if a safety is scored on a Sunday. So no matter how it happens, sack in the end zone, maybe even a penalty in the end zone, doesn't matter. Root for chaos and win money with Superbook this fall. So download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start rooting for two with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton has an incredible selection of beer, wine, and spirits. Did you know they deliver? They do, and they also do curbside pickup. That's available for you. And so what you need to do is stop on by 104th in Thornton or on Sheridan in Westminster and see for yourself or you, you can always find weekly deals, events, or even drink recipes online at TotalBev.com. That's TotalBev.com. Total Beverage, everything you need and more. Now, I wasn't sure I wanted to talk about the Denver Broncos in this episode because I, I got to be honest, I'm getting exhausted talking about the Broncos and how crappy they are. I love the Denver Broncos. I do. They are my favorite team by far. But it is so hard to watch a Denver Bronco game right now. It is the worst offense I have ever seen for a Denver Broncos team. It's embarrassing. The Denver Broncos are a laughing stock right now. It's hard to... And listen, I still wear my Broncos hat and my Bronco coat and all that stuff. I don't care if anybody wants to, you know, mouth off about the Broncos suck. We'll be like, yeah, they do suck. Okay. Every team has rough patches. The problem is I have never seen it so bad in a season. Now, Russell Wilson is part of that problem. We can talk about Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach all, all, all day, because the fact that he's still employed as of right now, as I record this, it is a little shocking to me. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't be surprised if by the time I hit stop on this that you get I get a notification that he's fired. But then also, I wouldn't be surprised if I don't because it's at such a weird time of the season. It's like, do you fire him or do you just ride him out? What Would there be any benefit for it? I guess you could say the benefit would be is maybe you get a super uh, recharged offense which we'll get to that here in a second. But I guess you could, maybe that would cause a spark with the team and maybe they would get this little amp up and, and that could help. I don't know, but it is still, it is especially after loss, the loss to the Raiders getting swept by the Raiders. I'm, I'm surprised Hackett's still there. But now that being said, looking at Russell Wilson, I still have, a hard time fully bagging on Russell Wilson because the offensive line is such a, a train wreck. 
I mean, it, you every drive, he's running for his life in the majority of the place. It, it's ridiculous. It, Russell Wilson, through 11 games, I got this from uh, Ryan Edwards over at KOA. He tweeted this. Russell Wilson, through 11 games this season, 2,369 passing yards, eight touchdowns, five interceptions. He has a 58.9% completion rating, 82.3 QB rating. That's just not good enough. Now, the good thing is, is it's not lopsided as far as touchdowns to interceptions, but seriously, at this point of the season, those stats should be much higher, especially the touchdowns. Now, you saw during the game, especially after the game, social media went nuts with Mike Purcell uh, yelling at Russell Wilson on the sidelines. Now, according to Russell Wilson, all all that Purcell said was, let's fucking go. And like he was just jacked up and really trying to energize everybody on the sidelines, including Russell Wilson. That's their story of what of what happened on the sidelines. Could it have been something different? Yeah, it's, it's good chance because they're fucking frustrated as shit. The defense is out there busting their ass nonstop for 60 minutes. The defense is doing anything and everything they can to stop their opponents. But the offense isn't doing jack squat. And I had, I've said this like a couple of weeks ago. The defense is going to start falling apart and it's going to just get banged up because they're on the field way too much. And they can only hold strong for so long. And the defense is starting to show some fractures. And as far as Russell Wilson, okay, so you have Purcell saying that he's trying to amp up everybody and and create a spark and get, get everybody hyped up because at that point, the Broncos had an opportunity they could have, if they really pushed their shit together, really made a fighting chance. But let's be honest. The Broncos' offense is, is so weak. They are a weak kitten. That's what they are. You got the defense, which is just this proud lion that will rip opponents to, to shreds. But right now, that lion is exhausted from standing its ground so long because it's defending this weak little kitten. Russell Wilson is not adding any sort of spark to the Broncos offense or that team in general. As the quarterback, you're supposed to be that spark. You're supposed to be that leader that when we're when shit gets rough, you're just out there celebrating and getting people pumped up. And, and there is nothing coming from Russell Wilson. Nothing. He is lethargic on the sidelines and on the field. He goes out there, runs some plays, runs off the field, sits sits quietly on, on the sidelines. If if you see him doing anything, it's doing a couple claps here and there. Let's go, fellas. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go out there and pound him. <laughs> he just he just doesn't have that. He's going to get you pumped up to play type of energy, whereas other players do. What I want to see from Russell Wilson. And I don't know if he has it in him to do it. I would like to see him go Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. What I mean by that is, yes, I understand he's a he's a man of God and he and he believes in being a good person and and all that shit. <laughs> but what I want to see from Russell Wilson on the field, I want to see 
Mr. Hyde on the field with Russell Wilson. I want to see fire and brimstone with Russell Wilson on the field. I need to see him amp up his energy and try to dig deep and play. a. I say this as somebody that has never officially been on a football field in any capacity like this. Step up your game and play a little bit more passionate. I'm not saying that he's going out there half-assing him. I'm not. I'm just saying he needs to dig deep and find an extra level of passion. He has the skills, but people around him are just dying. They're just emotionally drained, and it's showing on the field. There's a lot of people claiming that the the players have given up. I know Rob, uh, one of the listeners, Robin Lubbock, said that. He's all, looks like the players have given up. And in a sense, I, I would say, yes, you're right, Rob. But then I would say no. I think what the what's happening is they, they might not be giving up, but they sure as shit look like it because they're worn out. They don't have that that extra push. Have you ever worked for somebody that like whoever your leader is, like your manager or, or your coach or whatever, and you could be getting your ass kicked, whether it's at work or like I said, or on a field or whatever playing surface you're you're playing on. If your coach or your quarterback, whoever your on-field leader is, if they're lethargic, you're going to be lethargic. It's really hard to get amped up because they're the one is that's dictating the energy flow. But you could be getting your ass kicked, and it's fine because everybody is jacked, ready to go. If that person is leading with enthusiasm and, and excessive energy, it's fine. You get you're getting your ass kicked, but you're not going down without a fight type of situation. And that's I, I'm not getting that from Russell Wilson. It's like, oh, another punt coming up. Just rip off my chin strap and hustle over to the sidelines. Oh, all right. How's it going, guys? Anyway. <laughs> it's just I just don't see it from him. And it's not helping that the offensive line is just trash. It's not helping that Nathaniel Hackett seems to be, you know, in the deep end when he needs to be waiting in the the kiddie pool. That's where he needs to be. He is way out in the deep end, and he can't handle where he's at. It doesn't seem like it. There is so much wrong with this Broncos offense and pointing out the lethargic presence of Russell Wilson and his lack of energy and lack of just in-your-face leadership when Mike Purcell yells at him, if he's indeed saying, yeah, let's fucking go, and then you look at Russell Wilson's reaction to that, it's just like, yeah, of course, let's go. That's literally what the exchange looks like. You got Purcell just amped up, full of energy, like, let's go. Let's, we're not fucking done. Let's go out there and fucking win this thing. And then you have Russell looking at him being like, yeah, that's true. We could win this thing. That sounds great. <laughs> oh, boy. It's like, come on, man. Have some energy. Have some passion. Go out there and fucking kick some ass. But instead, you're just like, yeah. That's a great observation that we could still win this thing, Mike. 
<laughs> Come on, Russ. Go cook. Fuck. Damn, you're just washing dishes right now, Russ. That's all you're doing. You are not cooking. You're in the kitchen, I guess. You look like you're just starting your career in the kitchen. You ain't cooking. You're cleaning. Nothing wrong with cleaning. Not going to bag on anybody that cleans in a kitchen. Very important for functionality of, of a kitchen. But in this case, it is a problem. Because you're supposed to be the head chef, and you ain't cooking worth a shit. You're just in there, twiddling your thumbs, washing dishes, and I might say, not doing a good job of it either. <laughs> you got some spots on these dishes, got chunks of food on there. What you doing in there? Are you actually cleaning rust? No, no, you're not even a good dishwasher. You're not. <sighs> My God, it's so frustrating. It would be hard, so hard to be under his leadership. I Again, I'm subtracting everything else, and we're just looking at Russell Wilson. Okay, never mind Nathaniel Hackett and anything else that you want to point fingers at. Looking at Russell Wilson as a leader, Mike Purcell telling him, uh, uh, according to those two, allegedly saying, let's fucking go. And then and, and Purcell is just full of energy going, let's fucking go. Let's go win this thing. We're not done. And then Russell's looking at him and he's like, that's that's splendid idea. Let's go out there and let's win this thing, okay? <laughs> I am I am all jazzed up to go out there and win. Thanks, Mike. It's like, dude, have some energy. Turn around and be like, yeah, hell yeah. And then fucking high five him. Slap him on the ass. Whatever it takes. Let him know. We ain't done. We ain't done. But you're done. Russ, is there a fork in you? Because you seem like, for your career, you're done. If if you could look at any moment from this season to tell you that Russell Wilson is done, it might be that that interaction between Mike Purcell and Russell Wilson. Purcell amped up, ready to go, saying we're not going down without a, a fist fight. And then he and then he's talking right at Russell Wilson. You could see the energy just pulsating off of Mike Purcell. And then you look at. Russell Wilson's reaction is just like, absolutely, sure, let's go do this. Does that get you fired up to play? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I, that's a that's a big red flag. That tells me that the fork's in you, Russ. You're done. God, I hope I'm wrong. I'm hoping I'm wrong. And there's still a lot of people out there defending this Broncos team. Be like, oh, it's you shouldn't be bagging on them. No, fuck yeah. They deserve to be bagged on right now. Broncos country deserves more than what the Broncos are given. And it's not the def defense is kicking ass, taking names. They're just getting exhausted now. They're on the field way too much. The Broncos offense, you're just not doing it, man. You're not earning your paychecks. And part of earning that paycheck, Russell Wilson, that you're freaking benefiting from right now is being a ball of energy that is amping up and charging up the rest of the offense and getting them hyped when they are down, getting kicked in the nuts. You pick them up and tell them we ain't done. We are not done. And we're just not getting that from you, Russell. Now, Josh Dover 
from 92.5 Altitude tweeted this out. Because a lot of people are kind of missing this. And it, it is kind of like there's nothing you can do about it now. But this is what he wrote. Joe Ellis needs to be held more accountable for what this team is today. They could have hired Kyle Shanahan, which would have brought John Lynch and Mike as a consultant. Mike Shanahan, of course. This happened a few years back, and Ellis didn't want it because his relationship with, with Mike. Selfish. Look at what he's caused. And he's right. I remember when that was happening. There was also some rumors that Shanahan was interested in, if not consulting, being a possible coming back as a head coach. But from what I was told, I cannot confirm this, but my sources were pretty damn good, that Mike wanted to come back, Elway wanted him to come back and lead the team, but Joe Ellis was still pissed off at Mike Shanahan for whatever the fuck went on between them and said, no, it's not going to happen. Think about where this team would be if Mike Shanahan would have came back in some capacity, even if it is as a consultant. What would this team be like if John Lynch was at the helm as GM starting, what, five years ago or whenever he got into the GM business officially? And Kyle Shanahan was the head coach. This team would be a lot different. I feel like we'd be on a, a, a more steady course and have an idea of where we're headed. Right now, Broncos country, we're, we're fucking confused. We're fucking lost. And it's crazy because I look at these other NFL teams out there and as shitty as the Raiders are, they are better than the Broncos right now. That's disgusting. There's so many other teams. Okay, maybe the Broncos aren't as bad as the Houston Texans. But I even see teams like the Bears. The Bears look like they, they have a glimmer of hope. Man, it's just, I, I just feel like it, 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 there, there's hope out there for these other teams. And I don't see the hope on the horizon for the Denver Broncos. I'm very fucking confused with Denver Broncos. Where do you see the Denver, Denver Broncos in two years? Anywhere? You know, you sit there as a, a in any company, any organization, or even self-reflecting, where do you see yourself in two years? You sit there and you look at the Denver Broncos. Where do you see the Denver Broncos in two years? Shit, man, I don't, I don't know if they're going to be any better than they are now. I don't. It's fucking frustrating. It's embarrassing. I go to sit down and watch the game yesterday, and my wife saw... Are you going to watch the game? I didn't think you would want to watch it since they're so shitty. <laughs> she didn't say it like that, but she meant it that way. To add insult to injury, the Broncos are terrible. There's no shot for this unless they go on a tear and just win the rest, win out the rest of the schedule. I don't see that happening, but hey, you never know, huh? I uh, I put up my Christmas tree yesterday, Okay. One of the ornaments I have that I, I really love, my wife got it for me a long time ago. It's a Denver Broncos ornament. Really cool ornament, not over the top. It's just like a ball. And, and I put it up there, decorate the entire tree. Then later on, my wife, or the kids found the, the angel, and I, put the, I get the ladder out and put the angel on. 
and I'm putting the angel on. It's not wanting to go on. Next thing I know, I hear this. My wife's all, oh, shit. Uh, she goes, it's kind of funny, <laughs> but you're not going to be too happy about which ornament broke. It was the Bronco one. And, and it's just like, it's like, uh, it's fitting in a sense. As much as it, it annoys me that I lost one of, I have like two ornaments. I had two. Now I only have one ornament that is solely mine. Everything else is just either generic Christmas ornament or it's a family ornament, whatever. I, I have one now. The Bronco one was my other one that I had, but now it's busted. And the team is busted. Oh, the irony. Uh, it's so hard. I'm sorry. I went off on a, a tangent with the Broncos, but it's just, I get so frustrated and you, you look at what could have been with the Denver Broncos. Like Josh Dover said, you talk about that whole situation with Joe Ellis and being too stubborn. And, and, and now, you know, look where, look where we're at Broncos country. You got Russell Wilson. And, and here's the thing. Here's what's crazy, and here's the mind fuck of this team. You sit there and go, well, what if it is just the offensive line and it's just causing a chain reaction of, of chaos with the Denver Broncos? Okay, we, we just don't know. The Broncos' offensive line is just so horrific. I mean, you, it would be nice if that was the simple case. That's that's the, the one flaw in this system is – is the offensive line. Wow, we fix the offensive line, things are fixed. It's it's not that easy. You got to fix the offensive line. You got to figure out what the fuck is wrong with Russell Wilson. He needs to get his head right because he's playing soft. Ah, I hate to say that. Russell Wilson, I, I say, I'm saying this, and I'm not trying to be a dick, but I'm being a dick when I say this. You're playing soft as butter, man. You are. Go out there and play with some fucking passion and fire. Like Mike Purcell yelling on the sidelines to let's fucking go. I want to see more of that from you, Russell Wilson. Fire up the rest of the offense. Fire up the rest of the team. Be an inspiration of passion and excitement. Just a big ball of energy on the field. I want to see that, but I'm just not seeing it. Just not seeing it, man. So it's lethargic. It's 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 watching the Broncos' offense is kind of like watching a golf match. You could really take a nap in it. Like if you just had the the offensive plays lined up for an entire game, you could take a nap to that because it's so freaking boring to watch their offense. There's no belief in this offense. No belief. I ha- I had it for a moment yesterday, for a moment, for like 20 seconds. Then I'm like, ah, shit. No. <laughs> you get the onside kick, and then you do absolutely jack shit with it. All right, so it's one thing for me to say all this, but it's another thing for you guys in Broncos country to essentially repeat what I'm saying or add on to what I'm saying. So on Twitter, I wrote, vent about the Broncos and go. And of course, Broncos country, as always, you don't disappoint, unlike the team. Anyway, so this comes in from the damn grill. You got to go check out the damn grill, by the way, down in uh, the uh, tech center area. He just responded with a gif. 
And it's uh, Jim Carrey in the movie, what is that, Liar Liar, where he can't tell lies. And he's just like, I can't lie. And his just hair is just a mess. And he's all, pretty much this is how I feel. He's basically, what the fuck is going on? Oh, gross. This comes in from uh, G-Brick. How can I trust ownership going forward if they can't do the right things now? Fans want Hackett gone now, not later. We want play calling to fit Russell's skill set. Play action, boot, quick routes to help the O-line, elevate Kubiak, give head coach to the to Evero for now. That's a great point. That comes in from a G brick. I think that's a G-E-E brick. <laughs> anyway, he I like what you said there, especially the Russell Wilson thing. Russell is is running from it for his life. Almost every single play, it seems like. And even and, and he's a short motherfucker and compared to other quarterbacks out there. And he's getting balls batted nonstop. He's like a goddamn porn star getting his balls batted. Doo, 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 doo. Anyway, uh, great visual for you. You're welcome. Anyway, so you you have a great point there. Roll out. They even said that in the broadcast. They're like, well, I don't understand why they're not having more plays designed for for Russell to roll out, do that. It works. He's just a guy that does better one because of his height. And two, just some guys are just better on the run. And why don't they have more plays like that? They need to do that. Think outside the box. That's where it's just like, hack it. You're just not hacking it. (laughs) You're just not. They need to change shit. And that's a good way to change shit. Start making more plays designed for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson shouldn't be throwing from the pocket. He shouldn't be. He's just not built for it. He is built to go on the outsides. Do that. I am not a football aficionado, and I can tell you that that makes more sense. Why don't you do that? I'm a moron. You guys apparently know football a lot more than I do as far as the the coaching staff of the Denver Broncos. It's right in your face. G-Brick sees it. I see it. A lot of Broncos country sees it. Design plays that fit the skill set of Russell Wilson. And like like G-Brick says, that's going to help the offensive line that is just complete shit. Man, it seems so obvious. This is uh, Michael Andrade. Dude, guys, <laughs> I suck at, uh, at names. And so if I butcher your name, I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry. This is what he wrote. Can't believe Broncos picked a coach. So inexperienced resume filled with very little success besides getting the job. Someone should really have, have to answer to this. You're right. He doesn't have a great resume as far as Hackett goes. That's where it's just like, man, I, it goes back to the idea that the only reason they brought in Hackett was because they were trying to lure in Aaron Rodgers. And then Aaron Rodgers decides, I'm good. I'm going to stay here with the Packers. And then here we are holding our dicks going, fuck. Well, we got Hackett, but we don't got what we really want. We don't have Aaron Rodgers. So they got screwed. And they did it to themselves. That's that's not how you get a guy. But man, that that it is so obvious that that's why they hired Hackett. 
and now it it backfired. You don't get Aaron Rodgers. Now you're stuck with Russell Wilson, and then you got a guy who who's designing plays and shit like that that doesn't know how to fucking design plays for a guy that's as short as Russell Wilson. Roll him out. Going back to that. Uh, let's see. Derek wrote in, I vacuumed the damn house for my wife during the game. Yep. I suck. And that's where I'm at. This is horrible. <laughs> it is. It is one of those moments where it you get to that point in the game where you're like, they're, they're not coming back. And you just start going, yeah, I, I'm either turning off the TV early, spend some time with the family, do some stuff or, you know, start cleaning the house or or whatever. Because it's just, why put yourself through that? Now, again, you're going to have those people that are like, no, you got to watch the whole game. You're not a Broncos fan. <sighs> Shut up. Stop. Rob wrote in, this team is so badly managed, it's physically painful to watch. I know multiple lifelong fans that don't want to watch because it's too painful. You're right. That goes back to what I just said. It, it just, you get to the point where it's just like, I'll, I can just do other stuff. I really need to clean the garage or, you know, clean out the crawl space or something like that. Like I want, I want to watch the Broncos, but it's to the point where it's just so horrible that you, you just can't. It's disgusting. Joe just uh, replied with a, a meme that says it's Mr. Miyagi talking to uh, Danielson. And he says, very important. Don't forget to breathe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're all just like kind of freaking out a little bit. And it is hard to breathe, breathe watching the game. If that's what you mean. Huh? Huh? That's what you mean, isn't it? This comes in from Ed. I turned the game off and worked on chores around the house. I have better things to do this year than sit and watch the Broncos. Disgusting. Man, I thought I was really the only one. But uh, apparently a lot of you guys were doing the exact same thing. Because, I mean, why put yourself through that? And, and to sit there and get more frustrated watching the game, that frustration kind of spills over to your family. You don't need to cause that. This is what you're doing, Broncos. You're disrupting families. You're tearing them apart. <laughs> it's what you're doing. Actually, actually, you're bringing them closer together because we're turning off the TV and going doing the smart thing. Be like, I don't deserve this. My family doesn't deserve this. So I'm turning off the game. Makes sense. Sam wrote in, they're bad. Fans need to boycott the last home game of the season. Sam, while I agree that would be forcing the hand of the higher-ups, because nothing hurts more than a dent in the, in the pocketbook, nobody's going to do it. Not enough people will do it. I agree that that would be a good thing to do. I'm not going to sit here on my soapbox and say, this needs to happen. You got to boycott the game. No, I'm not going to do that. It would be very powerful if, if the majority of the stands were empty at Mile High Stadium. Whether it's the next home game or the, the last one, like Sam is saying. I, it would be so powerful, but people aren't going to do it. There's way too too many fans that are just like, I, I've already spent the money on these tickets. I don't want to waste it, which I get. I truly understand that. So financially, it doesn't make sense. 
for the the actual fan. But if there was a way that you could do that, if some somehow, some way that it wouldn't hurt people financially to boycott the game, I still don't know if enough people would would not show up. Because there's still, I, this is kind of a fucked up thing to say, but there's still some fans out there that are delusional to what they're seeing. And I gotta be honest, there's some people that I've met that claim to be hardcore Bronco fans and that they don't know a fucking thing about what they're they're watching. And those are the people that are the same people that are, oh, I'm gonna attack. Hold on, ready? Get ready. Those are the same people that think Tim Tebow was an amazing quarterback. Oh, bitch, I said it. I said it. Woo! Anyway, I, 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 I like it, Sam. I like where your head's at because seriously, that's what should fucking happen. But they won't. Now, Melinda writes in. She said, seriously, what did this man say in his interview? Inquiring minds need to know. It's baffling in regards to Hackett. Yeah, he must have fucking knocked it out of the park <laughs> with his interview. Like, oh, my God, this guy's so smart. <laughs> He is so brilliant. He is a brilliant mind. We're going to the Super Bowl. Here's the thing, though. Uh, I, I don't know about you. I feel like a, the biggest fucking idiot thinking I was doing episodes on this podcast thinking shit on paper. If you go back and listen, though, I did keep saying on paper <laughs> the Broncos should be Super Bowl contenders because on paper it made sense. You got Russell Wilson. It made sense. You had a, a Really good-looking offense. But you forget just there's all this other shit that's involved, and next thing you know, he's running for his life, and you got a coach that's not designing, helping design plays to, you know, really high, play to his skill set. Have you ever worked a pl- at a place, and you're just like, why am I doing this when they know I'm really good at that? In, in media, that happens a lot. And eventually they'll either catch on or they're just too stupid to catch on. And then you just waste a talent and they move on to somewhere else. That happens a lot. And that's what's happening right now. Russell Wilson. Listen, this is what we're, I guess this is what we're all putting our chips on in on is we're hoping we're hoping that if, if they change up the play calling and, and design plays more towards his skill set that things will start turning around. That's what we're hoping for. On paper, that seems like a great idea. Of course, I thought it was a great idea to get Russell Wilson in the first place, along with Nathaniel Hackett, who, you know, was, you know, working with Aaron Rodgers back in the day. I thought it was going to be a great idea. Now, here we are. <laughs> but on paper, it seems like it, may, it it seems to make perfect sense to start designing plays which they should have been doing after like say week five be like guys shit's not working let's start redesigning some plays that are going to match his skills that's what they should have been doing if they're not doing it yet they need to be doing it right now start fixing your shit broncos do anything and everything you can to prove that you're doing anything and everything you can to lift up this Broncos offense and design plays that are going to be successful using the skill sets that are, that you have, the skills that are in front of you. Russell Wilson does better rolling out. Start designing some plays that way. Start doing that. 
Don't let him live in the pocket. He can't live in the pocket. Every now and then, yeah, I guess, throw one in there just to fucking do shit differently. But I would say 90% of the time, if it's a pass play, he needs to be out and about. He needs to be roaming around, checking shit out, outside the pocket. It's ridiculous, man. We all see it. We all see it in Broncos country. I just read through these. And there, I guarantee you, as the day goes on, I'm going to have even more of these comments rolling in. It's ridiculous. The Broncos need to fix their shit. It is so frustrating. So frustrating. My God. Sorry. It's just, it's frustrating. Then when you see people out there, it'd be like, oh, you can't bash them. Don't bash the team. Why? Why? And again, this is why I like talking about other shit other than just the Broncos. Because could you imagine? I, I can't imagine because I used to do it at the radio station. I just can't imagine talking about the same shit over and over again. When a team is trash, it's really hard to be excited to talk about them. So that's why I choose to talk about that crazy lady in fucking Florida who's suing Kraft because it takes five minutes instead of three and a half like they advertise to make mac and cheese cups. Okay? That's why I talk about it. I also talk about a lawyer pooping in a Pringles cup and throwing it at people. Why? Because that's better and more entertaining than talking about the Broncos crapping themselves every week. Okay? Just to give you a little peek behind the curtain. It gets exhausting. It was exhausting when I worked at the radio station, constantly talking about the Denver Broncos and how horrible they were. I love the team. I want to see them succeed. One of the greatest moments in my life, uh, aside from getting married and having children, saved my ass on that one, uh, was watching the Denver Broncos win their first Super Bowl and then covering the Denver Broncos in Super Bowl 50. And seeing them win and knowing that I covered the team for that Super Bowl week in San Francisco, that was so cool. That was a great moment for me as a fan. I love that. We are just so far from far removed from that time, that era. It is just hard. It is hard. And again, poop in a cup. You poop in a Pringles cup. Now when you open up a Pringles can or you're at the grocery store and you see a Pringles can and be like, you know what those are good for? Pooping it. <laughs> it's a long road trip, honey. Let's get some Pringles. We don't need any Pringles. Yes, we do. If we don't want to stop, I need a Pringles can. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, you will soon. You will soon. <laughs> oh my God, honey, you're pooping in a Pringles can. Stop it. Do you want to stop? Or do you want to keep going and make good time? <laughs> Poop in that Pringles can, honey. I love you. And that's how their marriage got a new spark. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. All right. I got to let you go. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Share it with your friends if you're able, please. Thanks to Superbook Sports Colorado, Blake Street Tavern. Again, they're at 23rd and Blake in downtown Denver, so go check them out. 
And of course, Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton. It's the Huff Uncensored. I appreciate each and every one of you. Have a great day. Hopefully you smiled in, in this and uh, hopefully I didn't go on too long of a rant when it came to the Broncos. But I like them and I want them to do well. And I'm tired. Tired of this shit. It's the Huff Uncensored. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.